nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So everyone, welcome back to the Matter Over Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And I have, is the word unique? The right, I don't know if the word unique is the right word, but I guess in a way it is a unique episode. Because you gotta know, I have a health expert on the on the show, Tracy Pleshcourt, who we did interview July. Look at the date here; it was July twelfth of two thousand twenty-two. And part of what she does, she's a mindset coach. But this episode, instead of me just asking her questions, she's gonna dance in my brain, right? So she's gonna get into my mind, and she's gonna work on. I guess you would say. I don't like to use the word problem, but I am a problem child, of course. But I like to look at it from something that I have dealt with basically all my life. And she's going to coach me through it. And I want you to really pay attention because I'm going to open myself up, which I've never done on my show, and be vulnerable to you. And Tracy's going to help with that. So I might even start crying, you know, take out your tissues. We don't know what's going to happen. Like, there's no script. There's nothing. We're just going to we're just going to go for it. And I'm really interested to see what happens in this show because most of us don't realize that we need a coach. We think we're all good, even including myself. I have coaches. But a lot of times we think we're all good, everything is great. But then when we really start to work on what's actually happening, we realize that there are things that have been holding us back from achieving our goals even if it's weight loss, even if it's in business, in anything, there are things that hold us back. And by working with an expert who has seen so many different things, I guarantee you, your problem is, you may think you're a unique butterfly, but your problem is not, or let me not use the word, let me stop using the word problem. Your situation is not always just unique to you. And oftentimes, the experts, have seen and helped countless others with these issues. And with that being said, I'm going to welcome Tracy Pleshkor to the show. Hey, Tracy, how are you? I'm doing so well, and I just want to give you some props. Thank you so much for being willing to be vulnerable and bear your soul in front of your audience. I know you have a big audience, and no doubt these are people who have come to love and respect you. And I have a feeling that after this show, they are going to love and respect you even more because you're, you know, sharing a piece of yourself. And whether you like the word problem or not, we all have challenges. We all have obstacles in our life. And it's all about how you choose to look at it and how you choose to learn from it that perpetuates you or stalls you out. And so 
I know you have a challenge in mind. You asked me before we started recording, do you want to know what my quote unquote problem is? And I said, no, no, actually, let's just go for it. Um, because I really want this to be as, you know, raw and unscripted so that your audience really understands the value of using the methodology that I'm going to teach. Um, and recognizing that this is all part of being human. We all have our obstacles. We all have our challenges. And where I think we start to kind of go wrong, where we kind of stall out is when we're reacting from our feelings instead of responding. And so I want to teach you how to solve the mind math or solve your problem, however dramatic you want to be about it. <laughs> so that you don't react, so that you respond. When you're responding, you are really creating things that may not even be on your radar. You're creating things potentially that you never thought possible. But when you're reacting, it's happening very, very fast. And it's typically only in retrospect do you see that you're actually creating things that you would rather not. So lay it on me. What's your challenge? What's your obstacle? What's your quote unquote problem? So I'm gonna say this before I before you before I uh, bear my soul out into the world. I should get some tissues or something and then put them right here. But you know, thousands of people are gonna hear me ball out today. This is gonna be an interesting episode. But I want to say this that, and I'm gonna actually even talk about that when I'm kind of lay out what what my issue may be. But part of it is I've talked to health experts that say that don't use like to use the word problem. And part of the reason why for me, I don't have a problem with the word problem, because to me, a problem is like it's a challenge. Like you said, if I can't do something, I'm going to figure it out. I'm about to hit 40 this year. And my goal is by next year, I started two months ago, I'm going to gain 10 pounds of lean muscle, not 10 pounds of weight, but 10 pounds of lean muscle. Some people might say that's a problem because. I'm 40 years old. I'm not supposed to be a muscle like that. I'm not taking any creatine. I'm not creatine. I'm taking creatine. I'm not taking any steroids or anything crazy, but I'm going to do it because I know how to get that goal. And I'm gonna I'm gonna build muscle as if I'm in my 20s, even though I'm I'm I guess you midlife or whatever you want to call it, right? Uh -huh. So to me, every time so people so when when some people have a problem, they look at it as a, like it's it's an issue, something that cannot be overcome. And my mind doesn't work like that. But that's what's behind why I kind of try to stay away from weight problem because some people might think of it differently. But I love the word. I love the fact that you use the word challenge. I love that because that's how I think we should look at things. But anyway, enough of me talking. I was thought that was interesting to share. This is what I have to say, right? So, and I don't think anybody's really surprised at this. Part of it is going to be me kind of tooting my own horn. But I I got a lot of my values from my grandmother, who I call mommy, who raised me, right? My mother was in my life, but not really in my life, right? And uh, she taught me as uh, my, my grandmother, or mommy, I'm going to call her mommy, okay. the most wonderful woman ever. I mean, she we, we grew up in a two-bedroom, but oftentimes there's seven to nine people living there. Not all of us were family. She would take in people that she wasn't related to, and they became my aunts or even uncles. I saw her kindness. When I was a kid, she used to make me watch videos. You know those ads that you see kids in Africa where like the, the, the mosquito will fly on them and 
they can't pitch it off and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she'll make us not like have a sit down and watch them, but when it's on TV, like she'll let it run and and she'll remind us that like, look, we don't have everything, but it can be a lot worse. At the same time, and now I was beaten as a child. I didn't get spankings. Spankings sound too cute. Never been spanked a day in my life. I was beaten as a child. Okay. I was, guess you say a bad child and my brothers were bad too, but we were beaten. And, you know, but we, this is the, the interesting thing. I never, ever felt like I wasn't loved. No matter how much I was punished, I, I've never felt like I've had people say, you know, they don't want to beat their child because they don't want their child to feel like they don't love them. I never felt like I wasn't loved, even because I knew that before I did what I'm going to do, it's wrong and I'm taking a chance at it. So I knew that, you know, they were doing it because it was a form of punishment. Anyway, she taught me when I was young. I saw how hard she worked. This my grandma in the in her 50s, she was go through go to the market. And I'm talking about market, not that the farmer's market we have here. I mean, like we would walk for miles and bring these big bags of like fruits and vegetables and meat home. And she'll cook for the family and, and that the work that she put in. And she taught me from when I was young, anything you do, you should do it to the best of your ability. If you're a ditch digger, you're going to be the best ditch digger that exists. And I've taken that with me. I've had job interviews where I shouldn't be considered for the job. I had one particular one I'll never forget. I shouldn't be considered for the job. I wasn't, the guy even told me this. He said he weren't a consideration because he didn't have enough experience. But when I asked you this one question, I said, what motivates you? He said, I asked everybody that question. He said, everybody else said money, career, family, blah, blah, blah. I looked at him and said, my dead mommy, because she taught me anything that I do to be the best at it. And if I'm going to be a ditch digger, I should be the best ditch digger in the world. And she taught me that. Amazing. And at the end of the interview, well, later on, he came back to me and said, look, you didn't get the job, but if it comes up again, it's going to be yours. He said, I interview about 15 people. You had the least experience. I had to give it to someone else because she had 15 years of experience and I couldn't pass her up. But when I asked you that one question and you gave me that answer, made me realize you are exactly the kind of person we want for that team because you have a drive that most people don't have. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the quote-unquote problem. It is something that I've struggled with even to this day. Because I was raised in that environment, I'm t- I, I come to realize in my adult life that most people aren't driven like that. And I come across a lot of situations where I work in a team I end up being the person pulling the weight because I'm, I'm, I'm not a workaholic at all. If you let me slack off, I will slack off. But I come into a team wanting to do what I'm supposed to do or even more. The issue that I run into that makes me reactionary is when, I'm, is when other people don't do what they're supposed to do. I get upset at it. And see, I'm very direct. A lot of times people take it as... as I'm being mean, but if you do, but I'm direct. If you, if you, Tracy, like I've had people email me before, my managers, whoever, and say, hey, Narado, you didn't do this, that, and that, right? And they will copy my manager. So it's from a different department. And I'll go to my manager and say, hey, what did I do wrong? Let me figure it out. Or if I knew what I did wrong, I said, give it to me. I'll take care of it. And my managers always say, that's why I love working with you. 
I do the same thing to others. And then, <laughs> then they would get upset that I send them an email or I copy their manager. Right. But because again, how, the, how, how I was raised is different, but what my, what kind of being, I say my issue here is how being in a situation or even working on a team where I'm in an environment where others are not, don't necessarily have the same, I'm not going to say good or bad, but the same values as I may have, but at the same time, not reacting to it, um, not being react, like you mentioned before, not being reactionary to it. And what could be the underlining foundation there that can help me to operate better or deal with overcoming that uh, that kind of obstacle yeah so ultimately what you think the problem is is that people that are maybe in your inner circle or people that you are working alongside of are not pulling their weight they're not as driven as you they're not as productive as you and that makes you feel what frustrated angry what would you say more frustrated and angry more frustrated than angry yeah okay okay and let's just look at this now what we're going to put under the microscope is how you react when you feel angry. Now, I just want to clearly illustrate most people when they have a problem, like my coworkers are not pulling their weight. They're not doing as much. They're not as drip. They're not driven as much. They're not as productive. What they want desperately is to change the coworker or their output, right? And that actually, the coworker or their output is actually not the problem. The problem is how you're feeling. And I want to illustrate to you, for you, why it's the feeling of frustration that is actually the problem. It's not the coworkers. It's not their level of productivity. It's the fact that you are frustrated. And here's how we're going to illustrate that point. How do you show up? If I was a fly on the wall, what would I see you doing or not doing when you're feeling frustrated? I would say first, and kids close up, may want to close their ears on this one. You know, at first you may hear me just say, what the hell? Or what are you doing? And so I'm not really, I don't really cuss a whole lot. So I was joking a little bit, but you know, like what, what what's what, like, seriously, the second thing you probably see me do is walk off and mm-hmm. I don't storm off necessarily, but it's being a, I guess you want to say a coping technique of mine, where it's like, my manager has taught me this in the past. It said, when you, when you write an email, step away from it and come back five minutes later, if you still want to send the email, then you hit send. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the next thing I ask myself, I would then probably when I so when I come back, I usually ask myself, was that worth like being frustrated about? And then I don't know, it just depends. Sometimes I will change my course of action and I'll be like, instead of emailing the person, I will send like a message to them directly and say, Hey, you know, you could have done this, you could have done that, or something like or something along those lines. But I try to 
I try to acknowledge the fact that I'm frustrated and try to find ways to really help myself get over it, I guess. Okay. What would you say is the vibe? You know, if you had to kind of name that vibe from which you're writing that email from. The first email is usually, if I'm going to name it a vibe, it's going to be like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) And then when I come back and if I actually send an email, it's going to be like, hey, you could have done this this way. Okay. And now let's kind of, let's really like zoom in, use this microscope and really zoom in. And let's look at like, is there things that you're not doing? So you just gave me all the things that you are doing. Like I remove myself, I retreat, I say, what the hell? Um, I send them an email. I'm sending them an email in the vibe of what the hell? What and you said um, you shut down a little bit. What else? What aren't you doing when you're in that place? What aren't you doing? That's a really good question. That's something that I actually have asked myself, and I've I would say that I, what I don't do is I don't consider what the person may be going through at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And and that's why the walk in a way helps me because I will get upset at that particular moment. Like, okay, what's going, you know, what the hell, whatever. And I'll walk off and I'll come back. But let's say like I, I changed my course of action and I, I am that person. And they'd be like, oh my, you know, I, I'm going through something. My Like these other day, I, I, am, I am someone and they mentioned to me, they're like, hey, you know, I something was going on with with her kids and the stress with her husband and you know like situations that have come up you know with in 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 the past in those situations so i would say that to answer your question directly what i'm not considering is i'm i I think like a robot my my moment if, if you say your job is to do this my brain is like okay give me the stuff i do this and i move on that's how my brain works and mm-hmm. some people say I'm extremely efficient. And I've in even from times I was in college, people have always loved having me in their groups because I work like a robot. You give it to me, I'm done, I move on. Mm-hmm. Unless, then, unless other people get in the way. Right. When other, exactly. So when my, so when other people get in the way, then I'm no longer singular, like thinking getting the work done. I'm thinking, okay, I've got to get my work done, but I got to get them <laughs> to do their part of it. And oh, how could I pivot? And then that's when the frustration comes in. Yeah. So the real problem, I think the real thought is instead of like, they're not pulling their weight, they're not as driven as I am, their productivity is low. I think what the real problem is, because you've just said, when it's just me, I'm a robot, I get the stuff done. But when somebody else gets in the way or gets put into the mix, yeah, I can't control them. And that lack of control is ultimately what's really causing the frustration. Does that sound about right? Yeah, sounds about right. Okay. So you let's just zoom in a little bit more with that microscope. Do you, in those moments when you're feeling frustrated, do you ever notice that you might be kind of looking backwards, looking at the past, looking for evidence? Let's just you know, we could maybe take a a particular 
situation where this happened recently, if you want to just grab onto one of those and think about like, where did your brain go? Did your brain go to, dang, Mike does this all the time. Like I remember two weeks ago when Mike slowed this project down. Do you find yourself looking at that past evidence to kind of support your thought in regards to lack of productivity, lack of drive, not as uh, productive as you? There's a yes and no to that answer, because honestly, with that, that I've been dealing with basically all my life, I've come a far away in the last few years, especially with focusing on my health. So when I used to do that, I used to find that the moment someone makes me upset or whatever, I'm like, I know this person, this person is lazy, this person is that, this person, and I'll just go off and I'll just, even when I walked off, it didn't help because I walked off mad, right? And I'll just, it just wasn't helping me. But I would say recently, because I have looked at it, and just to kind of paraphrase, kind of caveat everything, years ago, I was the kind of person that it's everybody else's fault and nothing that I do is wrong. I may still be believe that a little bit, but that's a different story. But no, but I, I'm sorry, I use humor as a defense mechanism, but that's another, not another interview we could have. But now it's, it's I look at it as where 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 could I help? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm gonna be completely honest. I've had moments in the past, and this is years ago, where I've gotten so mad I started punching the wall to my hands bleed. That's how upset I got. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sick and tired of this. I can't do this anymore. Because and I know a lot of people who listen to this who've ever worked in like a big company, you realize if you are a high producer. Oftentimes, it's not just the fact that you're a high producer and it's working well for you, but you're going to be asked to do more. And then I'm sitting there like, why are you asking me to do more? This person is not up to speed or that person is not up to speed. Maybe to get them up to speed and leave me alone, right? Because I like to be left alone so I can be a robot, do my thing and move on with my life. But I but I was, I know I'm trying not to keep this too long, but recently, I would say that I don't look for the past anymore. And this is what I try to do, which doesn't always work. I try to say to myself, is there a way I can help so-and-so person? Mm-hmm. And which is interesting because I've had people who have said to me, who like, because I would IM them instead of email them. Because I realized, because I've had like even directors and managers in the past in places I've worked have said to me, you know, maybe try that instead because you, when you, you, you're a talker and when you talk, people react well to you. But when you email, because you don't get offended by things, you think other people won't get offended by it because I get the email. I look at it like, oh, I screwed this up. Okay, I'll fix it and move on. Other people get the same exact worded email and they're like, they're completely upset. Now, that's just because our ways of communication is different. And I right. don't consider the fact that they may not look at things the way I may look at things. Like even if I write something innocently, like the other day, I had a podcast the other day, episode coming out with my boy, Sam Led and Scott Gazzoli, right? Awesome dudes. And we have a group email and we, we do a podcast once a month together. And Sam texts me and we talked about it on the show too. Like Sam texts me and he was like, hey, Narado, are you going to send us the uh, the link to the podcast? It was my time to record. And I'm, I texted him back because I get ready for Sprout. So I put my shoes on. I, wish, and I said, hey, it's in your email. Check August 28th. Now, to me, that was just like, 
okay, it's in your email. But Sam said, Narado, you pissed me off because I was actually thinking like this dude, <laughs> like, you know, like, but again, in my brain, I'm like, okay, I'm just yeah. telling you where it is. But in his, but he was like, he was having a bad day that morning. And we talked about it so much on that episode. We talked about everything. He's like, I was just having a bad day that morning. And I saw your message and I'm like, if you weren't my boy, I would have cussed you out. Like, <laughs> So I think, and I think that's where my issue Tell me if I'm wrong. My, my, my issue may come in it's just that I'm not considering how other people may take the things that I say because to me, I just want the direct communication to keep the emotions out of it. But some people do put their emotions into it. Yeah. And here's here's what it comes down to, Narado, is if you feel like it's problematic. So it may be in that case where you like kind of walked the line of offending your your buddy it, that may have be, been a problem and when you notice kind of repeated behavior that results in you know problems then that's where you're going to be like okay time to roll up my sleeves and do some work how do i rectify this and where you would where you would go is the thought that is leading to the feeling of you being like kind of abrupt in your in your email correspondence. So maybe the feeling is um annoyed. Maybe the feeling is um uh hurried or panicked. Like you maybe your thought is I don't really have time for this or I've already done this, right? And then that creates a feeling of annoyance. And then you fire back the email that's short. Now, that may or may not be a problem. The person that gets to decide that is you. So I always tell my clients, it's like the mind math that I do with my clients, revealing how their primitive brain, their like reactive brain, how that creates results in your life. I am not at all suggesting that those results always are problems. They're not. You get to decide whether it's a problem or not. So in that case, probably not a problem, right? You guys ended up laughing about it. And honestly, as you were talking about the coworkers not producing at the same level as you and you feeling frustrated at times, that might not even be a problem because what I'm hearing you say is it used to be kind of a bigger deal, but I've learned some coping techniques so that the frustration doesn't really create net negative results for me. Like I've learned to go for a walk. I've learned to think about what that person may be going through. So ultimately, when you notice that you're having an unwanted feeling and you can track it back to a thought that sounds something like these people aren't pulling their own weight the the way to get to the crux of the of the issue is to ask yourself and why is that a problem so when you get to that root thought of these people aren't pulling their own weight or they're not as driven as I am or they're not producing as much. Why is that a problem? Well, how would you answer that? 
Oh, I was waiting. I was, I was wondering if you were going to answer that for me. <laughs> but... Well, I can give you some ideas. A lot of people would say because it's not fair. It's not fair because then I have to do more work. Now, okay, why is that a problem? I mean, like this is what it looks like to self-coach. This is what I teach people to do. This is what I make a living doing is teaching people how to self-coach and to really see how their primitive brain is very dramatic. Your primitive brain was being very dramatic. All of our brains do this and it fires off a lot of thoughts that may not even be true. They may not be 100% accurate, but then we have a feeling from that thought and then we react from it, often getting us net negative results. Right. We at that point get to decide whether it's a problem. So if you're having a thought that it's not fair, and that's what's frustrating you. And then you're ultimately creating, like you said, I don't consider other people's point of view. I'm doing it in the vibe of like, what the hell? Um, I lash out. I shut down. I retreat. So all of those things really ultimately create you not being very productive. When you're wasting time doing those things, the very thing that you're thinking about other people is what you're actually creating in and of yourself. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. And I would say that, especially in the past, I would say the biggest issue is that it had me carry work with me. And I think that's probably the biggest issue why it's a problem is it's I've, I go home and I'm still thinking about it. I'm talking to yeah. whoever I'm with at the time and I'm just complaining about work this and work that and this and that. And I would say that I'm still dealing with it and I'm still working with it. I'll say the biggest difference with me now is things can happen in my life. And once I've coped with it, I'm done with it and I move on. I Just an example, you and I were just talking about this. I had someone, not going to name any names, who said, you know, they're going to be on the show. And the interview I had set up and the person didn't email me, didn't message me, didn't do anything. And immediately my brain was like, can't stand when people are disorganized. Like, if you're not going to show up, why don't you tell me? But that, but the, now, Narado or Zico, everybody knows me, you know, Zico, affectionately Zico, of a few years ago would have just gotten mad, gotten some food, gotten some ice cream, and be like, you know what, screw it, this, they ruined my day. Probably wouldn't have wanted to even do this. But then I said, you know what, I have a, I have a Q&A to record. I'm going to record that. And then the person called me on my business phone after I, right after I finished my Q&A and said, hey, I'm sorry, this and so was going on. I didn't realize that I missed it. So yada, yada, yada. And said, hey, we, we just set up an interview and this can we what can we do another one? I said, OK, let's just do tomorrow and schedule for tomorrow, which I was planning on doing my Q&A tomorrow. So it just turned out that it, they, they, they flipped. So instead of being counterproductive, like you were saying, and not doing anything, I was I was looking at I looked because I guess. And Sam Led taught me this. One of one a brilliant one of my buddies from the group that I we interview with together. He says that the the way we think about the situation is usually a lot more tame than reality. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting upset and I'm doing all these black backflips in my head and stuff. But then when I talk to the person after two minutes, I'm like, oh, okay, I see what happened. All right, let's just do another one. No big deal. Versus you know you know you know. So I think. I, I, I kind of create the problem for myself. I, I do think I'm I'm learning, but I think I, I create the problem for myself 
now you have me, you're really having me to really like self-teach because I'm, I create a problem for myself when I spend too much time trying to figure out why they didn't do what they're supposed to do instead of looking at it from a, a way that I can not deal with that and move forward in a more positive way. Exactly. Yeah. You spinning out or obsessing over their lack of productivity creates a lack of productivity in you. Period. Right. I mean, we can I think we can agree because you're wasting time doing all of these other things as you know, benign as they are, you're still wasting time, energy, mental energy there where we both know what an outstanding producer you are. And so it's not the end of the world and you get to decide whether it's really problematic or not. But if you look at this result and you're like, yeah, this is a problem because I'm doing this, I'm finding myself doing this over and over and over. The place that I want you to start is, okay, what am I feeling? I'm feeling frustrated. Why? Because I'm fixated on this thought that they're not as productive as they should be. Ultimately, the real root thought is I can't control them. And that's what's really frustrating you. And by asking yourself those questions of why is that a problem? Why is that a problem? You'll get to that root thought, okay? So all of that is an illustration. It's an example of how your primitive brain operates. And you want to, when you're looking at that, you want to trip the trigger of your prefrontal cortex, what I like to call your prodigy brain, so that you intentionally come up with a thought that makes you feel something other than frustrated, because we know how frustration ends. You very clearly outlined what you do and what you don't do when you're feeling frustrated. So now we want to we want to intentionally create a feeling that is something different than frustration, which is pretty easy to do when you're being intentional. So same exact circumstance of having these coworkers. Now, what could you choose to think about their lack of productivity or their lack of drive that makes you feel something other than frustration? And you kind of already said it, like, you know, you've kind of evolved to the person who starts to challenge yourself about what it is that they may be thinking, like kind of coming up with more like compassion. But what else for your listeners? Let's give them a couple more things. I would say is. Well, I was, I can notice, I'm not an expert in this topic here, but I would say what's really has helped me is where well, I said with the stepping away one. And also I usually, if I'm really frustrated, I usually play a song or so on my guitar, usually on my nylon strings because mm-hmm. it helps me to relax. But then it puts me in a way of starting to think about as I'm playing and singing a song and I have to tie that in, I'm thinking there are so many other problems out there. and I'm why am I making up this story in my head? Like if I'm playing Bob Marley Redemption song, for example, I can't think about somebody just made me mad. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about if I'm playing Concrete Jungle or if I'm, you know, you know, whatever it is, like any song that I'm playing, I'm in that moment. And now my brain starts to talking about prefrontal cortex, my brain starts to switch into I'm actively choosing to think about. Yeah. Ways that I can be helpful. And And those are all actions. And you can certainly 
like skip to the kind of actions, like get yourself kind of distract yourself. You can absolutely do that. That's a great technique. But where I really think that you could really like leverage or maximize the value is by taking the same exact circumstance of these coworkers and challenging yourself to think something about them that's believable that makes you feel different than frustration. Because if you don't really do the work on that, that remains. And undoubtedly, you will come up against having to work with them again. And you might, you know, there's a well-established neural pathway that you've thought a lot of times that says they're not as driven, they're not as productive, this isn't fair, that makes you feel frustrated. So why not hit it head on instead of distracting yourself with the guitar? It's one technique and it's a good technique. I'm not saying it's not, but I like to really like, let's roll up our sleeves and let's do the work and let's come up with a believable thought that we can pull out of our back pocket should we need it. If we start to see that frustration show up, that's our cue to remind ourselves, okay, we're going to trip the trigger of our prodigy brain, not let our primitive brain run away with the show and and help us feel frustrated. No, 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 no. We're going to trip the trigger of our prodigy brain and remind ourselves of that thought when we were being coached by Tracy. What was that thought that we came up with that made us feel something different, something different than frustrated? Now, I'll just prompt you on this one. Like, What's actually perfect about the fact that you are the producer amongst the group? What's actually perfect about the fact that you are the most driven? I would have to say that um, whenever group I've worked, I've always been the most respected or one of the most res- more respected. Mm-hmm. What else? I'd say that's about it. That's all I can think of. (laughs) Oh, heavens no. How about like you're actually modeling to these people without having to say a word. You're actually modeling to these people like what it looks like to be productive, what it looks like to be driven. Given the opportunity to lead, you strengthen the leadership skill. If you're never given the opportunity to lead, that's a muscle that never gets used and therefore it's never strengthened. I have a question on that, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. So I don't like to lead. And I think that's part of my frustration. Mm -hmm. If you put me in any environment, right? I don't like to lead. Like I I self-teach. I kind of like what we're talking about here, even with my clients. I don't tell them you should do this unless they're doing something completely wrong. I'm like, okay, I'll fix it. But yeah. a lot of times they will ask me, should I eat this? Should I do this? And I say, what do you think based on what we've talked about so far? And I let them teach themselves, right? I think it's more on how do you define the word lead? Because what I'm suggesting is that you're leading by example. You're not leading by standing at a podium and going, okay, everybody, listen up. This is how we're going to do things. You're actually leading by example with zero words. And I know that it's not true that you don't like to lead because you've literally spent the last like 45 minutes illustrating how strong of a leader you are. You lead yourself 
in a really extraordinary way. Like you have a very strong mind and that's leading yourself. Learning how to self-coach is learning how to lead yourself, which in turn makes you a leader of others, but you have to be able to lead yourself first. So, and I applaud you because leading through example is like the best way to lead people. And so you don't have to stand up and command like the attention. You can just, you can do it in a very subtle way. But I think if you reframe your thinking, when you notice that the frustration shows up in that moment, you trip the trigger of your prodigy brain, that prefrontal cortex and challenge it to come up with a believable thought that doesn't generate frustration. What else could be true about the same circumstance, about these people? And I love the thought that this is an opportunity for me to strengthen that leadership muscle. These people are being gifted the opportunity to see what it looks like to be highly productive, to be highly driven. Like, how does that make you feel? Different because I've had, so companies that I've worked for, I'm not going to mention any names. I've always been asked to be in some type of quote unquote people leadership, like management or something like that. And I always turn it down. I always say no for those because of the reason that I don't like people leadership. Um, and, but I've always been told, and I think that now that you just triggered something in me that I'd never thought of my entire life. I've always been told, well, you're a leader on the team or you're a leader in this or you're a leader in that. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just doing my job. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to lead anybody. I'm just trying to do my stuff and go home. Now, if you, if something, if there's an issue that needs to be taken care of, you give it to me, I'll handle it. But I'm not trying to lead anybody. But I think I misunderstood this this whole time. I think the whole time I've been thinking, you're saying I'm a leader where like as, as like a, a manager or a team lead or a supervisor, but I'm not really a leader as far as like trying to get people to do something. But I think the the people above me in rank would say you're a leader because of what you do and other people see what you do. I never thought about that before because a lot of times I said, without message those same people directly, I think sometimes, and I see this because I'll email them and then they will um, may I am me or whatever. But when I when we talk, I usually realize that they they see me at a higher level than I see myself. I see myself as we're at the same rank. We're doing the same job. But they look at me as, well, you produce more or you may be more knowledgeable or whatever the situation may be. But I just look at that as being normal. Right. Sure. So I, I don't see that any different. But I realize that when I talk to them, that comes out differently when they, I realize that they 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 kind of look at me differently than how I look at myself. And that's why I, I follow a question. I know we kind of go over it over time a little bit, but that's okay. So when I talk about the guitar, when I like when I play and I come back and I usually don't send an email, I usually actually message someone and talk to them and say, hey, you could have done this, you could have done that or whatever. It helps me to see them when I come back relaxed. It helps me to see them in a different way than I would have if I'd send the what the hell email and moved on right. the first time. Right. right? Yeah. Um. So do you think I should, and you could talk about 
um, tackling it head on? Do you think it should be a situation where I'm like, okay, I have the what the hell thought. Let's try to change the way I think about that person. Or should I keep what I would usually do is kind of step away for a moment. And there actually was another manager that taught me this was trying to get me one time to be a people manager. Step away for a moment, do something that calms me down and then come back to the what the hell email and say, okay, maybe I can change my thought about that person or change that approach. Yeah. And that's a really good example of what it looks like to kind of interrupt that mind math, because when you have the what the hell thought that makes you feel frustrated, that then you lash out, like you're only going to do that a couple of times before you're like, holy crap, this is a problem. (laughs) It's a problem that I'm feeling frustrated about these coworkers. You've already done that work. You've already recognized that's problematic. So you've already tripped the trigger of your prodigy brain. And now you respond. You respond with, okay, it's time to get up, go take a break, figure out how to kind of soothe these feelings. I do it with the guitar. And you've already noticed that the result that comes from that is is one that you like. And so you've already figured this out. And this is a really good illustration of interrupting that primitive mind math that happens. Primitive mind math is just knee-jerk reactions that are happening so fast that you don't even realize it. It's almost, you realize it in retrospect. And so when you're looking back on it, and that's why I teach people how to solve the mind math, like literally put pen to paper so they can see it. They can see how that thought of these people are not driven or they're lazy and I can't control them makes me feel frustrated. That has me then lashing out, shutting down, retreating, firing off an email and the what the hell vibe, not considering their point of view, right? Which ultimately results in me not being productive. Yeah, I don't like that result. So you're interrupting that by asking yourself a question like, how else can I go about this? What else can I choose to think? Like I actually am in control because I can get up, go grab my guitar, And play a little tune and soothe myself enough to then come back and handle, take care of business. So you've got that. Like, and hopefully this has really shed some light on the fact that you are doing a great job of interrupting that primitive mind math. And I want you to just consider that thought. The next time that any of that frustration shows up around other people, Just consider, try on the thought that this is my opportunity to model what it looks like to be highly productive, to be driven without having to say a word. And I think that's something else that you just tripped that I never think about. And we can basically, I guess, if you want to end it on your last word, but I'll just say something I thought about was by me lashing out with an email and somebody gets that and say, oh my, oh my God, Narado send me this or, or, and, you know, and, you know, whatever. And they get upset about it. I'm not productive because I'm upset and I make you less productive because now you're upset. And yeah. it's, so I'm not helping the, I'm not helping. I'm actually making the situation worse if I'm looking at it from a production standpoint. Yeah. And most of the time you can only see that when you're doing something like putting pen to paper 
and filling in the blanks of this mind math. So my mind math formula is it's just it's a framework and I've got the instructions. It's very, very simple, but I've got the instructions on how to use it at my website along with blank mind math formulas. So you can actually do your own. And so I literally I have hundreds, hundreds of these frameworks sitting in front of me. And I coach a lot of people throughout the day and everything I do, I'm putting it into that framework so I can clearly see how it's just math. This plus this equals this every single time. And if I want a different result, I just got to, I just got to change one of those variables. That's it. It's so simple. We don't have to be dramatic about it. So um, I would encourage your listeners to go grab that um, framework and practice that. See your own mind math play out and then ask yourself, is that the result that I want to continue creating for myself? And if not, you're in control. It all starts with the thoughts that you're having and how those thoughts make you feel. Well, Thank you so much, Tracy. You got me. You give me a, a lot to talk about. I've actually, I've, I'm not gonna use the word actually. I'm gonna say I have learned a lot sitting here. And you've a couple of things. Even myself, I listen to my own episodes. I'm gonna listen to this one over and over and over again because, like I said, that's why we all need coaches. Amen. And it, not just physical, lose weight, be healthy, but you know, emotional health, mental health. That's why I have my show and I bring on experts like yourself. This has been an eye-opening thing for me. A couple of things I didn't think about, like how I may be impacting somebody else's productivity or how what's the thought behind me really being upset and you know how can I actually deal with that so next time this happens, I may not be upset, even though it's the same exact situation. And yeah. so many other things that, you know, injustice, what, 40, 45 minutes, however long we've been on here. So... Thank yeah. you, Tracy, for being here. And everyone, if you're not familiar with Tracy Pleasure listen to that episode back in July as well. That was another fantastic interview. I'll bring her on. And I didn't mention she's the first ever second time guest on the show. I should have mentioned that from the beginning. First ever second time guest on the show. And she's coming at the right time because I'm close to 100,000 downloads. So Woo, thank you, awesome. Tracy. Your contact information, your bio, you already have it, will be in the show notes. And this com- this is going to be the first episode released in November. So it's going to be a gift going into the, um, the holiday season. So, and thank you, Tracy. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And again, the show notes will be in the description of the episode. I can't even talk because my emotions are kind of all over the place right now. So bear with me. So I'm rambling a little bit. But the the show notes will be in the description of the episode. You can click on it. And you can access our information and remember to listen, subscribe and enjoy the rest of your day, fam. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.